Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Guiney Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean Guiney, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Sector. How's it going, Josh? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing good, doing good. we got a lot to get to today. Uh, Celtics have officially, as of today, hired uh, Ime Udoka as their next head coach. A lot of praise. He had a lot of good things to say during his press conference today. We'll get to that. Then we get to the Red Sox. They swept the Yankees for the second time this season with a 6-0 against them. Big win yesterday, 9-2. Offense just dominated. Offense really picked it up lately. Uh, we're going to get to the Stanley Cup. Game 1 opens up tonight in Tampa, Montreal versus Tampa. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And then if we have time later on in the show, uh, we're going to get to the College World Series and the controversy that went down uh, in these past few days. But before we get to all of that, Josh, uh, last week uh, we talked about New Haven Pizza. Um, I don't know if I asked you this. Have you had all four of the pizza places that we listed? Uh, Modern, Frank Pepe, Bar, and uh, Sally's. Yes, I have. You have? But just like a... I guess you could you could you could put an asterisk asterisk next to a bar because I've only gotten it for takeout because me not being 21 I'm not allowed in bar pizza without a person or parent over 21. So I've only had bar from takeout only one or two times. That's why I put it on the bottom of my list. So Sally's, Pepe's, and Modern I've all had in house and they're obviously spectacular. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having those uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll definitely give them out. I'll definitely give my uh, predictions on the show after I have them. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah. Uh, Wait, no, so yeah. What are you? What are your predictions? I'm thinking it's gonna be the same thing that you had. I know we talked yeah. about it last week. Also, uh, in the same order: Sally, Frank Pepe, uh, Modern, and then Bar. I mean, I think it's gonna be those four in order. I'm really looking forward to eating Sally's, though. I'm really looking forward to Sally's. That's I'm probably going to be the first one. one. I'm probably actually going to go in that order, too. Uh, those yeah. four in order from Sally's down to Bart, all four in order, one a week. Uh, yeah, so that's good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, it's been a – last episode was Wednesday, so kind of short in between. But from now on, it's going to be on Mondays. Uh, not much has really gone on lately, past couple of days. Uh Anything going on with you, Josh? Um, let's see. Over the weekend, I worked a little bit. Uh, on Saturday, I went to the Mets game. That was pretty fun. Yeah, how was that? It was. It was really exciting, actually. But I did notice. So Mets City Field is finally full capacity. It's been for about a week. Remember when I went to a Red Sox game in April when we were still out school? Yeah. Yeah. At twelve out. capacity. At twelve percent capacity. Fenway Park was louder than 100% capacity City Field. Yeah. I mean, Boston fans are loud like that. We'll make all, yeah, as much noise are. as possible to make up for lost fans. Yeah. Um, but no, the game was game was good. Game was fun. They beat the Phillies 4-3 to three on a walk-off Michael Conforto lineout. Uh, I got to see DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom pitch, obviously most dominant pitcher in baseball. But, of course, he has an off day when I go. <laughs> Uh, he, he pitched 31 straight scoreless innings, and the first time I get to see him, he, he lets up two runs. <laughs> but obviously, he still got the win. He got the no decision just because when he came out, they're losing. But yeah. no, overall, fun game, fun day in New York. Good, good. Just another perk of living living in Connecticut. About yeah. an hour and a half both ways to Boston and New York City. So 
I'd, I'd, I'm, I'd like the fact to be closer to Boston. And you also got the beaches and everything, the whole coast. You got the Cape not far from me. Uh, so I'd take my location over to yours all, any day of the week. Because there's not much. Would you rather go to a beach or a city like New York? Well, you can go. There's beaches in Connecticut. Yeah, right. All right, we're gonna we're just we're gonna continue. I'll uh, move on. We're just gonna get into this episode uh, because I don't want to answer that question. I'm not up for. I'm not up for it. Um, before we get into all the series topics, though, uh, there is some horrible, very sad news to come from the Boston Bruins. Uh, David Postnock, early this morning, like two o'clock in the morning, uh, announced that his six-day-old newborn, Vigio Vigio. I apologize if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Uh, his six-day-old newborn son, Vigio, uh, passed away. Um, no details on the death. Obviously, we don't need the details because it's just heartbreaking, heartbreaking news to have a newborn child just just die like that. For any child, as a parent, to have any child die on you is just awful. But uh, for the newborn, it's awful, awful news and. Prayers up to David Pasternak and his wife, or our girlfriend, who are, I'm sure, struggling right now. So, prayers Definitely. up to them. I mean, there's literally nothing worse than that, a child dying, especially at such a young age. Um, so, yeah, definitely prayers up to the Pasternak family and everybody involved in that. And hopefully they can come out of it better than before. Yeah, definitely. So. Stronger than before. Yeah, Definitely. All right, uh, so now that we got that out of the way, let's get into the topics for today. We're going to start off with the Celtics, uh, officially hiring Ime Udoka as next head coach of the Boston Celtics. Uh, had the press conference today. We talked about it last episode because the news first broke like an hour before we started recording that uh, Udoka was going to be the next head coach. Everything was official today. It was a press conference and everything. Um, and I'm... I'm going to jump right off the bat and say this. This was the smart hire. This was the correct hire. Better than Billups. I know I was pushing for Billups to be hired because he was the star fact. He was a star, a former player, big-name player. Uh, but mo- the more that I think about it, with Ime Otoka being the head coach, he was a journeyman when he was a player. He bounced around from Los Angeles to Portland to Sacramento to, to San Antonio twice. So he's going to have the humble factor he's gonna be humbled he's like a humbled player and that's gonna rub off on Tatum and Brown because uh, if they were to bring in Bill Epstein, they would look up to him and say I want to be just like him I want to be the star I want to be I want to bring in all the accolades the trophies the awards when a guy like Emei Odoka who bounced around didn't have that long of career uh, I think he's going to teach Brown and Tatum that it's not all about winning everything even though he did mention uh, when he was talking Today, uh, back when he was with the Spurs, he talked to Kawhi, or he mentioned to Kawhi, um, he was quoted saying, don't wait for anyone to give you anything, which he, I guess, is going to be like the same message to Tatum and Brown to just go out there and get what you want for yourself because no one's going to give it to you. Um, Besides that, I think this is still a smart hire because the Jays are going to look at uh, their head coach and say, all right, this guy didn't have that successful of a career. Um, and it's going to be like a 
like a mentor, I guess, mentor, leader, somebody they're going to look up to and really just ignore all the facts of what basketball is about nowadays is that it's about me and all about me. You get that? You understand? You understand? No, I, I definitely got you, Sean. I agree that he was a smart hire over Billups and some of these other guys. Um, but I think for a different reason, being a journeyman is definitely a big part of it. Humbleness will is definitely a lesson that he's going to preach to Tatum and Brown and obviously everybody on the team. But being a journeyman, journeyman gives you a lot of different, uh, a lot of experiences throughout the league. You get coach, you get coached by Greg Popovich. You get coached by several different guys that you could take coaching ideologies from and form your own offense and your own defensive schemes that you can implement with your players. Now, obviously Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, so I think being a journeyman will help the Celtics and Ime Udoka, but in different ways other than humbleness. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is right. Uh, and I mean, besides from co- being a journeyman and just experiencing different coaching styles, I mean, he played with Kobe Bryant, uh, all of the Spurs, the big three of the Spurs, uh, and LaMarcus Aldridge when he was first with the Trailblazers. So he's played with Hall of Fame players. Yeah, All of them are Hall of Fame players, I'd say. LaMarcus Aldridge probably being a long shot, but um, I mean, Kobe's he's in, Tim Duncan's in, Ginobili, Parker. They'll probably get in. Oh yeah, they'll get there. So, I mean, he's played with Hall of Fame players, and now he's now that he's coaching two young guys. I think it's, I think it'll it was a smart hire and definitely the right thing to do. And I mean, Brad talked about it today. GM Brad, um, he he looked at all his options. He talked to many people, um, and Ime Odoka came out as the one that the Celtics wanted to hire. And I think it, I think it was the right hire. I mean, he's been a coach for many years. He worked with Popovich for a long time. Then he spent a year in Philadelphia with Al Horford, by the way. Al Horford was there. Uh, and then last year he was with the Nets, and now he's a head coach with the Celtics. I think it's it's definitely the right hire. Definitely the right hire. And who knows? Maybe yeah, if just, they did go after Chauncey Billups and hired him, who knows? Who knows what we've been talking about today. But, no, nah, this was the right hire. I think it was the only right hire, the only correct hire. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely like the hire and just just looking at some of the things he was he talked about in in his first press conference was he he actually called out Brad Stevens saying that they were the Celtics were twenty seventh in assists and that he's in in his past year and that uh, this team is going to have to play more team oriented basketball definitely. so they can find success, which is one hundred percent true. I think some of the Celtics struggles this year came from a little selfishness selfishness from all of the players. Mark Smart taking unnecessary shots, Jason Tatum doing the same thing, and, and everybody over and out. Um, so that's probably the biggest takeaway I got, that he wants to play a more team-oriented basketball, get the ball moving a lot, and hopefully get more team assist numbers, get higher team assist numbers. Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard that too. That was probably one of the biggest things. He said something like, uh, no disrespect to you, Brad, but we were 27% assists last season. That needs to change. I mean, it definitely does because when you looked at, like, the box score night after night, I mean, it was rare to see a guy have more than, like, four assists. Like, it, it, was, it wasn't yeah. great. It was not great. It was not something that uh, – it was not one of the Celtics' strong suits, the ball movement, getting the ball around. Because, I mean, we saw watching games and everything, like, Tatum would grab the ball. There would be a 
better option than Tatum, and Tatum would still take the shot, drive to the lane. I mean, it, it's something that definitely needs to be worked on. And I mean, when I think about it last year, I feel like a reason why it was so low was because of the fact that Tatum and Brown and Smart knew that this team sucks. It's really us to up. It's really up to us three to provide all the scoring. And I mean, they did most of the time. Uh, I'm sure other guys uh, provided, but I mean, most of the scoring came from Tatum, Brown, and Smart, and occasionally Kemba. But I mean, I can understand why the assists were so low. But if we bring in new players, uh, yeah, it should it should be better next season. It definitely should be better next season. No excuses. So um, I don't I don't necessarily think it was just because. They knew the team was bad. I just mm, actually, yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you, because when you have a when you have your third option, Kemba Walker, obviously, he takes a load off from scoring when you have Brown and Tatum. So he, you think he should be getting higher assist numbers. But his two seasons with the Celtics, he had 4.8 and 4.9 assists. His lowest assist numbers to date since his rookie year, which was 4.4. Every season in Charlotte, he averaged over five assists. Then he comes into Boston as the third option, I should say, and has the lowest assist numbers of his career. Yeah, it's not. It, Kemba was a big issue during his two years here in Boston. He was a big issue, and it really was the only. He, they had to get rid of him. They absolutely had to get rid of him this offseason. I didn't think it would happen, but it did. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's gone. Uh, that means Smart is now like the starting point guard, which I'm personally fine with. I'm looking forward to seeing how Brown uh, Smart can do as a starter. Uh, and who knows, maybe Pritchard will get more time next year because um, they don't have a first-round pick this year. I'm certain that if they draft a point guard in the second round, he's not going to be the starter. Unless they make a trade, it's not It's not going to happen. I don't so. – I don't. Mm. well, with GM Brad, you never know where you're going to get. He's he's really been hot. He's been making a lot of moves in his first few weeks as, as the general manager. So I don't think we should have attached that first round pick in the Kemba trade. Yeah, they had to. They had to. Yeah, I know, I know we, we, we probably had to get rid of that just to get rid of Kemba. So I don't like it, but I'm I see personally where fine we're with it. From. I'm absolutely fine with it. I mean, if I was to look at this year's draft class and where the Celtics would have, who falls 16th overall? James McKnight. Just saying. He would have been there. Just maybe. Saying. Maybe a local kid. Get another uh, UConn player to replace Kemba yep but nah I, I think I, I'm i okay with it I'm okay with it I think next year's draft class would be better to hold on to the first round picks than this year but um, nah it, it had to be it, the first round well, pick had to be done hopefully we don't have we don't regret getting rid of let me see how, how do I want to word this getting hopefully rid of Kemba we don't have a low enough pick to get rid of next year you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, we're so good that we don't have a lottery pick that we can't even trade away in a in a in an asset. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. At least in the twenties. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what we're shooting for, right? Yeah, I mean, New coach. Oh, just another thing. What? Nia Long, Ime Udoka's wife. Yeah. Posted a jersey wearing eight, or posted a picture wearing a jersey with number eighteen. Ime is the eighteenth coach of the Celtics, and we're going for title eighteen. Yeah, that's all falling into place, Sean. <laughs> that was mentioned at the press conference today. It's fitting that we hired our 18th coach to bring us to our 18th championship. But hopefully, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's the case. I mean, with Tatum and Brown, just that one piece, which is the point guard, that one missing piece. If we can just get that, I mean, we should be. Same. 
I don't know. What, what, all right, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, obviously, Damien Lillard, there's a lot of controversy going on out there in Portland. They just hired Chauncey Billups, uh, to, or he's the front runner. He's either a front runner or no? They, yeah, they they, just, they hired him this morning. Okay. Um, there's a lot of controversy out there about Portland not building a championship team around Dame, um, and that he could possibly want out. I mean, if the Celtics were to go after him, I, who, what could they give up? I think it would probably have to be somebody like, I don't know, Brown, which I yeah, really I don't want to do. Yeah, I think Jalen is probably the biggest piece, but there's three locks on this team: Tatum, Brown, and Rob Will. If you really want to talk about locks, locks, it's Tatum, Brown, and, jo- uh, and, and Rob Will. Yeah. You could trade literally everybody on this team, Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, five five or six first-round picks. And and maybe the Portland – I mean, the Trailblazers are a mess right now. Yeah, Dave wants out. CJ McCollum, he's in a contract year. He's probably going to want out. There's trades everywhere. So who knows what the Trailblazers are thinking? Who knows what the organization is thinking? So if we can trade rate them, trade rate them, then hopefully they'll take something like that. But I'd like a pick centered trade for the Celtics in, in exchange for Dame because I don't want to get rid of Jalen Brown. No, definitely. Um, and when you talk about picks, I mean, if we're going to be trading away two first round picks, maybe a couple seconds, but more more talking about the first round picks right now. I mean, if we trade away. Dame Lillard. I mean, if we trade for Lillard, bring him in, and we go to the finals, back-to-back years or the East Finals. I mean, that's a low first-round pick, and it's not really worth much. Exactly. So, it would probably want like, it, I could see like a three-team trade going down, something something like that where. But more, Lillard's scoring is just, I, I mean, out of this world. He he shoots almost fifty yeah. percent, averages twenty-eight a game. He's a he's a premier scorer in the in the NBA, and that's really at the point guard position, and that's really what the Celtics have been lacking. You know, we have baby Kobe and Tatum, we have a sidekick in Jalen Brown, and we're literally just missing a good player at the one. Because Kemba, Kemba experiment, I can finally say it has failed. Oh yeah, it failed last season, and this year it was just an it was just adding gasoline to the fire, pretty much. But aside from his 28.8 points per game, Damian Lillard's, he averaged seven and a half assists. So that's, let's see, seven and a half, that's 15 points. He's good for 43 points a game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Through assists and scoring. Yeah, I mean, he, he, can, he can get you the points that you need in a close game. He's a clutch player. He's a good player. Yeah, he's he, top, he, one he, of the best well, in the league. He's a clutch player. He probably has the most made shots in clutch time. I don't know the exact statistics, but he, I'd say he's up there. Oh, yeah. He's he's really good. And to have him on the Celtics, I mean, it really does smell like a championship if Dallas to have I mean, it's got to. They they With Damian Lillard, they've got to be considered a top three championship team in the NBA. Yeah. Right up there was Nets, Golden State, Lakers, everyone. everyone. Um, Suns. You can throw the Suns in because they look incredible. Suns, and I'm sure they'll yeah. look good next year, too. Um, so, yeah, and more guard, more talking more about guards in the NBA. Next free, next year's free agency, one notable player that has connections with the current Celtic is Bradley Beal. 
I'm sure I don't know what cap situation would look like then if there would be enough room for another max contract. But if waiting a year, testing out Smart and Pritchard as starting point guards, I mean, to wait just that one year to possibly bring in Bradley Beal, that's another option. Because you don't need to trade away anything to bring him in if you just wait for him to become a free agent. That's another option, I'd say. I think... I think the Wizards are, or Bradley Beal is definitely going to want out of Washington if the Wizards are a bottom tier team in the NBA. I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to resign whenever whenever his contract is up because obviously he's not made in Washington. There's nothing there that's keeping him there. Um, Bradley Beal, he's been on the Wizards for seven years now, I want to say, and he's done everything for them and they and they've done nothing for him. So if that if that trend continues, I think he's going to want out. And Tatum and him are playing together in the Olympics. They're best friends. They're both from St. Louis. They grew up together. And hopefully Tatum can can get his recruit on. Because another premier scorer in the NBA averaged 31 this, this year. Second, uh, he came in second place for the scoring title right behind Steph Curry. So just, I feel like a scoring option, a third scoring option is definitely what the Celtics need. Yeah. So and- whether, it be, whether it be Dame or Beal, I feel like we're in a good position to get one of them, I want to say, maybe, just because Bradley Beal's relationship with Tatum. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down oh, to... Oh, it's actually his birthday today. It's Bradley Beal's birthday today. Is it? No, happy birthday. He just turned 28. Happy birthday, Bradley Beal. Now come to Boston. Um, I mean, yeah, the point guard position is what we're missing. If we bring in a certified scorer like Lillard, like Beal, I mean... It's what this team is missing. That would be huge if we could bring in one of those two. Because, um, I mean, when we're talking, next year's free agency, free agency class is massive. Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, um, I think Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. It's massive. So if we, if we can just bring in one star player out of this next year's free agency, I mean, that's that would be huge. But, I mean, I, Steph Curry's not going to leave Golden State. I don't know what the Brooklyn Big yeah. Three is going to do. There's a lot of there's a lot of free agents next year that I feel like are not going to leave their current teams. Definitely, definitely Steph Curry. He's not going to leave Golden State. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, the point guard position is just really what the Celtics need for serious championship contention. Um, but bringing it back to the Celtics right now and – Ime Odoka. He's he said he was excited to work with uh, the Jays, and that they're two pillars of a championship team. Obviously, you need a third pillar, which is the point guard. But he likes he likes the Jays. He's confident in this team. Um, he said it it was the best option for him, and I mean that's definitely the right. That's definitely the um, correct thing to say because Celtics, their situation is definitely a lot better than other teams with coaching vacancies. But just the confidence that he has right now in the Jays is it's kind of like um, like it gives you like a sense of relief. Like this guy's coming in, he's going to work our two star players. But he knows that they're two that these two are the star players and that 
they're going to bring us to points and he's just he's confident in them, but he's going to work them. And that's something else that I like about Emo Doge is that he's going to work our players in practice. He's going to be a hard coach. Unlike Brad when he was the coach. He's going to be tough on them, which I think is also big because this team just showed last season they they, they just showed absolutely no sense of urgency, no sense of having any like higher ups, anyone higher in a higher position than them, like punch them somehow. And I think that's something that's huge. That he's going to come in and he's going to be hard on these guys. Huge. Yeah, uh, just one of the quotes from the press conference. He said, they're going to allow me to coach them and push them and, and they know I'm going to be on their ass. They asked me about doing that. So obviously, if that was part of the coaching search, if they, they want a coach that's going to push them, I just want to say, imagine telling Brad Stevens to hire a coach that's going to push them. That's got to be like a sh- like a shot in the heart. Yeah. But we we all know Brad Stevenson pushes players. Uh, just one one thing I wanted to add about Ime Udoka, he coached Jalen Brown, Jabari Parker, Marcus Smart, and Tatum with Team USA, and obviously you said Al Horford in Philly, and he's known Peyton Pritchard since he was a kid, since Peyton Pritchard was a kid. Yeah. So, those are. Four out of the five, five of six of those players are key players to this team as of right now. We'll see what the offseason brings. But as of right now, five of those six players are key parts of this team. Having relationships already established with those players is huge. Yeah, definitely. Just having the past experience working with them, knowing them personally. I mean, that, that can take you a long way. That can take you far down the road. So that's also really good to know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so just all all together, this was the correct hire, the only hire the Celtics could have made, and I don't see it backfiring at all. I don't see this guy falling apart, and in two years he's back on the street. Um, do we know, like, the terms of his contract? Has that been, like, re- released? Uh, like, is it, like a four-year deal, three-year deal? I haven't heard anything about them, about the uh, terms of the contract. Um, just, no, I mean, just, I'm looking right now, but. I mean, it, they probably like finalized it today, so it could be like, we, we could find out like in a day or two about it. Yeah, no, I'm not seeing anything about the contract logistics. Yeah, because that's something that I'm interested in. Like, how long is he here for because Billups got a five-year deal out in Portland and I'm sure within those five years they're going to fall apart um so was uh Udoka like are they extremely confident in him that they gave him something like that five years or are they going to test the waters with him and give him like a two or three year deal to start off with something like that I'm just curious but not nothing yet so well he, he's coached playoff teams before obviously next this year Celtic or the Philly, the 76ers in past years and wherever else he was, he he's coached playoff teams. So he knows what it takes to win. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And he's won championships with the Spurs before. Um, Spurs were his final playing spots and became a coach there. That was back in the early 2010s. Uh, and they won two titles then against the Heat, I think it was. Or they, I know they won one, but he has, he knows what it takes to, when that's a pl- both a player and a coach, so 
that's also good. But I mean, in any case, this guy was the great. But this guy is going to be a good hire, and I'm look. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table with the Celtics. So, yeah. But uh, to to keep going with uh, Ime Odoka, last week we talked about uh, Jay Williams and the tweet that he put out uh, congratulating the Celtics on hiring their first black coach in team history, which was incorrect. Uh, the tweet was, the first head coach of color for the Celtics with a black fist emoji, and even more importantly, he is one talented individual who has paid his dues. Uh, there have been now, including Udoka, six black head coaches in the Celtics, uh, including the first black head coach in NBA history back decades ago. Uh, he immediately deleted that tweet, and then hours later put out another tweet saying, as it relates to the Boston Celtics tweet get that came from my account a couple hours ago. I did not post that, and my passcode has now been changed. I don't buy this one bit. One yeah, not even excuse. a little bit. Because that's everybody's excuses that they were hacked. Yeah. Uh, but no, just the the biggest giveaway that it wasn't a hacker, and Jay Williams actually tweeted that stupid, idiotic tweet. Both those tweets were like, I guess you could say crafted the same way they used the same punctuation like jay williams used dot 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 and hyphens and slashes in the coach tweet and in the in the tweet saying that it was a hacker so if the hacker is using the same punctuation as jay williams then that's that's just a coincidence but i don't think that's the case yeah well i mean when talking about punctuation i mean the hacker could have looked at past tweets and seen the pattern that he uses the and symbol Uses dot dot dot. But why? Why would a hacker yeah, do that, all that research just to put out that tweet? You know. I know the whole the whole hacking thing. I mean, a guy broke in to Jay Williams' account to put out uh, a factually incorrect statement about the Boston Celtics. I mean, that's all that he did. He didn't release anything like no naked photos, no dick pics, no nothing like explicit like that. No racist rants. I mean, for him to have just put out a factually incorrect statement about a team. It's. It, I don't buy it. And that's the one bit. tweet. That, yeah, and that's, that's all. And he, it was immediately deleted. So did Jay Williams immediately find out that somebody hacked into his account and put a stop to it? Or did he do something, which I think is what he did, and he's trying to cover his ass uh, for what he did. But, I mean, this guy just, yeah, it, it wasn't. He, why didn't you just say I messed up? I made a mistake, and I'm sorry. Like, it was something that simple that she had to do, but he came up with a lie to cover his ass, and he's getting even more heat for it. Because if he just said, I apologize for what I said, I would have been fine with that. I would have just thrown it right away. But, nah, he's still lying. He's still trying to cover himself up, which sucks even more. But, yeah, what a... What an idiot. What an idiot. And, I mean, this guy has one season under his belt before he had to retire because of injuries, so he's not even that big of a important guy. He's a good analyst, sure, but I mean he should know better. He's played with he's played against the Celtics, I'm sure, against that one season that he played with Chicago. Um Doc wasn't there. When was he hired? I'm sure if he played against Doc Rivers then then he should have known that by now. Um Celtics career. Doc Rivers was hired in 2003, so he just missed him. Um, 
But in that case, this guy's an idiot. And he was called out for it by Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he said, but I heard about it. Um, he was like, they were. They got into like an argument on on live TV. I think it was at halftime of the Suns Clippers game, game three. I want to say, um, and Jalen Rose was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. I got hacked too." <laughs> he just just calling his bluff, kind of making a joke out of it. Flames a hacker. For... <laughs> Good. Good for him. Um, in fact, speaking of Jalen Rose, I mean, while we're talking about it. Uh, did you hear what he said about the Olympics a couple days ago? No, what did he say? So he was extremely critical of the men's Olymp- basketball Olympic team for taking on Kevin Love, the only white guy on the team. Did the hold on? Uh, did the final roster come out? Um, I, I think I heard something about it today. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, he was extremely cl- critical against USA Basketball for having one white guy on their team, uh, something like white tokenism or something like that, uh, and that the Olympic team was afraid of having an all-black NBA team or all-black basketball team, when for the past three Olympics, the basketball team has been all-black. There has not been one white guy on the basketball team in the past three Olympics, uh, maybe even longer than that. Actually, yeah. Uh, I remember hearing about this since the 1992 uh, Dream Team, or 1990 Dream Team, the Dream Team back in the 90s, uh, there have been four white guys to play on the Olympics, bas- really? the Olympic basketball team. Uh, Larry Bird and Christian Leitner were two of them, and they were on the same team back in the 90s. Kevin Love made it, uh, I think. It was Kevin Love. Uh, this year, so he's the third guy and another guy uh, a couple of years ago. But that statement was also just idiotic. He, you should look up your facts before you come out with stuff like that because there's been yeah, three so, in a row basketball teams that have been all black, not one white guy. And to have one white guy on the team this year, I mean, it's not a big deal. All right, so I was just looking after looking for the roster, and they said that Julius Randle was right there to take Kevin Love's spot, but Kevin Love got the nod because of his experience in and in, uh, international play. So that's that's the reason why. Do I think Julius Randle probably should have gotten it? Yes, because I don't think really experience is a huge problem in the Olympics. You have Kevin Durant. You have several players who have this experience, and you're not going to have to falter with that. So I think Julius Randle should have gotten it over Kevin Love because Kevin Love really hasn't played much these past few seasons. Yeah. That's not my de- my decision to make, but I don't agree with Jalen Rose. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's going to be an easy road to the gold medal anyways. I mean, yeah. It, so I got the basketball. final roster right here if you if you want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just throw it out. All right, so we got Bam, we got Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, KD, Jeremy Grant. That's a new name. Hmm. Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Dame Lillard, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and Jason Tate. Coached by Popovich, Steve Kerr, Lloyd Pierce, and Jay Wright. Yeah, I mean so, it's it. We're gonna good get coaching staff as well. Oh yeah. Jay Wright, incredible. Dylan Dolph, head coach. Popovich, obviously. Kerr, obviously. Uh, Lloyd Pierce doesn't ring a bell right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an easy road to the gold medal. And also, uh, one more thing about the whole Jalen Rhodes issue uh, was the Olympics. Uh, he wanted DeAndre Ayton to make the team, the American oh, basketball okay. team. 
Uh, the only problem is DeAndre Ayton is not a Amer- U.S. Bahamas. citizen. Yeah, he's from the Bahamas. Yeah. Jaden Rose yeah. thought just because he went to college in Arizona and playing in Arizona, he's an American citizen, but that is not the case. He has to be an American citizen for that to happen. So, a lot of idiotic stuff coming from ESPN these past couple of I, days. I remember that happened with Buddy Heald a few years ago. A lot of people thought Buddy Heald should have been on the 2016 team. Just He was actually having a very good year. But he's also from the Bahamas. I forget who called him out. I don't think it was Jalen Rose, but it's just some of these analysts show their lack of basketball knowledge and just overall knowledge in some of their takes. They try yeah, to make a hot take. Time. They try to make a hot take and then they just prove their idiocy. Yep. All the time. There's classic, classic ESPN. Um, all right. All right. That's it for basketball. I'm tired of basketball. Um, Gonna move on, switch gears, get into the Red Sox. A uh, lot of lot is going on with the Red Sox. They're riding high, coming off a sweep of the New York Yankees again. Uh, they're six and zero against the Yankees this year. When in the past two years, the Yankees were twenty three and six against Boston. Now this year, Boston is six and zero. I mean, that's also just just boosting the fact that the Yankees are awful this year. They have absolutely nothing going right for them. Um, they're an absolute mess. And the Red Sox are a lot better than people expected, than what I expected. I still think they're on pace for what I, what was it, like 92 wins, I think I said. That was my final prediction. Definitely over 80. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember yeah. talking about over under 80 wins, and I said I would hammer this any day of the week, and you were, uh, you were skeptical of it? Yeah, I said stay away. Well, I mean, if that option's still on the table, then definitely take the over, but probably not. Because um, through 76 games, or uh, 78 games, they have 47 wins. And with almost just under 100 games left in the season, I mean, if they don't get 50 wins, out of, if they don't go 50 and 50, if they go worse than 50 and 50, I mean, I'm going to be disappointed. So you th- do you think they can get 100 wins? Uh, maybe not a hundred wins, no, not a hundred wins. I'm gonna keep it like high nineties, cause that's still forty plus games, forty plus more wins, which is I think something yeah. that they're gonna do. Uh, plus the AL East is a close race. Uh, the Rays are only half game behind you, so I think it's important to get really yeah, that, any, that everyone race, that possible, uh, everyone possible. You're not gonna slow down down the stretch during the final few games. Um, because, I mean, you need to lock up the ALDs. But, uh, I mean, I'm confident. I'm really confident in this team. I'm, offense is top-notch, one of the best in the league, like we expected, like it has been in years past. Um, home runs all over the place. RBIs all over the place. Devers is tied for the league, league lead uh, for RBIs. Uh, I think it's like – I have no idea. I'm not even going to take a guess. Uh, home runs, Bogart's – uh, Martinez, Devers, all of them, all of them having home are hitting home runs. Uh, we saw it yesterday, like five, I think, five home runs off the Yankees in their 9-2 win. I mean, the offense is just looking real good right now, and it nothing could go wrong with them. Not one piece of the offense is bad. Uh, maybe there has been an issue uh, with Danny Santana hitting leadoff when he was batting like 114. Something like that. Um, well, I mean, he yesterday, Danny Santana. At least yesterday, I don't know about the rest of the rest of the series, but 
he hit in the nine slot yesterday and he went two for four. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's only hitting 145 on the year. So that that's pretty sucky, but yeah, yeah, I knew it was like in hundreds. Um, yeah, I mean, bottom, bottom of the order is something where somewhere that he belongs. Um, it's like no offense to him, but he's not ready to be uh, a leadoff hitter yet. But, um, I mean, with Joffin just in such a great spot, pitching, on the other hand, is an issue, somewhat of an issue, but I'm confident in them. I'm confident that when we get to playoff time, they can get it done. Uh, Pavetta had uh, seven innings of no-hit baseball the other day. Um, Evaldi, two days ago against the Yankees, he did really well. Eduardo Rodriguez yesterday, he had a great outing. Altogether, those three guys, I think, is strong enough for postseason run. Obviously, you're going to need a fourth guy, which is probably going to be Garrett Richards or Martin. Think about it, Sean. Chris Sale, he's going to be back in a month. Yeah, Chris Sale coming back. With the Woosocks right now, he's getting back into shape. Chris Sale coming back. I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. Obviously... Pavetta going seven with no hits and a loss. Just by the way, we lose that game. Yeah, tough one game. One to nothing is, is, is really shitty, but our offense deserved an off game, and there it is. Kind of sucks that it came against the Rays, especially in a close division race. But that's going to happen. Uh, obviously, we came that – was, that was the final game of the race series, and then we come out and sweep the Yankees. So I'm all right with that trade-off. But, no, I'm not worried about the the – rotation that's kind of the bullpen that i've worried about garrett whitlock he's been showing that he's a, a real good bullpen guy but outside of him josh taylor sucks um Ottavino. Ottavino had a good uh pretty good against the yankees here no we have we have a solid bullpen but i just wish it were a little better know what i'm saying yeah there's definitely a lot of question marks obviously we have one of the best closers in baseball in that barn so you give and you get yeah no nah, the the uh, bullpen definitely has a bunch of question marks in it. Um, I mean, there's no denying that. Um, but when it comes to what point in the game do they come in? How bad is the pitching? How bad was the starting pitcher? How, what's the score like? I mean, if to, if we're up like five nothing in like the sixth inning and we need to go to the bullpen, I'm still confident that like we'll still be able to pull out the win even if the bullpen implodes and gives up like a run or two. Um, yeah, no, because we, we won those close games, you know. Our bullpen picks and chooses their days that they want to show up. Yeah. Um. Sometimes we get, we get absolute gem outings. Just the other day, I think it was game one of the Yankees series, Evaldi went seven and two-thirds, no runs, and only seven hits. So when you get any outings like that and then you just literally one out from a bullpen guy and then that Barnes comes and closes out the game, then you're going to get the win, obviously. Um, so no, overall, I'm not worried about the Red Sox. They're obviously on fire. One of the best teams in baseball right now, best team in the AL East, and they're going to stay on top at least until the all-star break. I want to say. Yeah. Um, which is coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, with the all-star voting going on right now, we got, uh, Bogarts, uh, Devers, J.D. Martinez, and Verdugo, finalists to make the All-Star game. Um, all four of them are obviously deserving. Verdugo is playing absence mind this year. Love what I'm seeing from him. Um, 
Devers, same thing with him. Not such a young guy. He's playing incredibly well. Uh, Martinez is back to his normal self. He's playing really good. Um, all of them, all together, they're playing. I think Xander's arguably the best shortstop in baseball, not just the American League. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely an underrated shortstop. Doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And looking at, I mean, his offense right now, uh, this season, he's his batting average is 330. 330 with 13 home runs, 46 RBIs, uh, 48 runs, 90 hits. And his his on base percentage is 391. So you really you can't ask you can't ask for much for uh out much more you can't ask for much more out of Xander Bogarts offensively and defensively. He he really does it all. Yeah, I mean he's playing like he should. Love what I'm seeing from Bogarts. Um, it's just he doesn't have the star factor that is. That he deserves. Not enough fans know about him. Not enough teams know about him. Um, media doesn't cover him as much as he should, as they should. And I mean, overall, he's definitely, definitely one of the best shortstops in the game, if not one of the best players in the game. Top fifteen, I'd say. I mean, he's just that good. He can do everything. He can do everything, and uh, yeah. Been here for like nine, uh, eight years. Um, two championships under his belt. A lot of experience. Love what I'm seeing from Bogarts. Great guy. Great player. Uh, he deserves. He deserves all the All Star game appearances that come his way. Um, yeah, yeah. So vote him in. I guess I should vote because why not? Got to get those extra votes in. I I did vote. I voted. The Red Sox I voted for were Verdugo. All all the guys that are finalists: Verdugo, JD, Xander, and Raffy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they all deserve to get in, all of them. So, gotta do that. Um, uh, just one thing I want to address about the pitching staff and, and really Garrett Richards. Yeah. Um, so obviously we know the MLB crackdown on sticky stuff and, and substances that pitchers use. He came out with a quote the other day that said, "This is all new to me." I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll have to adapt. Basically confirming that he used sticky yeah. stuff in the past. Yeah. Um, and he's probably been using it all of his career. Yeah. Back when he was with the Angels 10 years there. And uh, now he needs to find a new way to rip the baseball to be able to throw it better. I mean, that's not good. That's not good. And it's an issue. It's not something that uh, I like about it. Because he was playing well. He got good. He started pitching better uh, after the shaky start. But since then, he's just fallen apart. Absolutely yeah. fallen apart. Uh, yeah, he, it's an issue. So, who knows what they're going to do with Garrett Richards. Tanner Houck, he's a possibility. I'd like to see him come back up by now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. All right, uh... We're going to move on. Uh, well, one more thing about the Red Sox. They got a series with the Royals tonight. Uh, they should take all those games. They should they should sweep that series, too. Uh, but we're going to move on, switch gears, get into the Stanley Cup. Game one is tonight. Montreal, the Cinderella story, going from the last team to make the playoffs with the fewest points out of all the playoff teams to the Stanley Cup. Uh, they're playing Tampa Bay. Uh, and, Josh, I'm I'm conflicted. I'm really conflicted about who to root for for this matchup. 
obviously Montreal with the Bruins uh, arch rival, decades of just hatred between the two teams, uh, and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I hate Tampa Bay. I cannot stand Tampa Bay. I've hated them for years, dating back to before they lost a cup in 2015 to the Blackhawks. Um, I'm rooting for Montreal. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, Sean. Obviously, you know a lot more about hockey and history than I do. But as a new hockey fan, as a new Bruins fan, I guess you could say. I'm rooting for the Canadians. I didn't even know that they hated each other, if I'm being honest, until you just said that. I didn't know that they were arch rivals. I didn't know anything about that. But I've hated the Lightning as a new hockey fan, I think. A lot of – they're the new age I – I don't even know. I'm going to compare them to the Chiefs or the Patriots. I'll compare them to the Patriots. A lot of people hate the Patriots because they're good, and that's why I hate the Lightning is because they're good. So for right now, I'm voting for uh, – I'm, I'm rooting for the Canadians. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing about Tampa that I think, I mean, I, I don't mean I don't mean this at all because I'm a big Patriots fan, but Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New England Patriots. Another comparison is the fact that they're both cheating. <laughs> Patriots have apparently cheated in the past, according to the NFL. The Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating right now. They're like twenty million over the cap. Uh, they've rested two of their best players all season. Uh, so when the playoffs started back up, they were coincidentally ready to return to hockey for Game One of the playoffs uh, after skating for the best for a couple months before then. Um, that was extremely scummy of them, uh, and it's no it was no surprise to me that because you got both of those guys back, they were going to make it to the Cup final, and sure enough, they did. Uh, but as a Bruins fan, I don't know. It's just me rooting for Montreal to win, just because of my hatred for Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know. It it hurts. It makes me feel like I'm not a true Bruins fan because I'm rooting for the Bruins' arch rival, even though Bruins really have a rivalry with both of these teams. More so Montreal. And when it comes down to like my personal look, how I personally look at it, I gotta go with the team that I hate the most, and that's Tampa Bay. Because yep. I mean, for as long as I've been watching hockey, um, Bruins and Montreal, the hate really hasn't been there. Yeah, exactly. Like I like I said, I didn't even know they hated each other. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not what it used to be back in seventies and eighties. Um, so like in the past ten years, it I don't know. It just it hasn't been the same. And so it when I look at it right now, I'm gonna take the team that I hate the least and root for them because they're on they are on a just miracle run nobody nobody expected them to get out of the first round they were going up against the best team in Canada a team that was pretty good uh Toronto Maple Leafs Leafs blew a 3-1 series lead uh Montreal moves on to the second round where they sweep that series uh then they play Vegas the Vegas Golden Knights who finished one point behind the President's Trophy winning Colorado Avalanche um who they beat in the second round uh Montreal took care of them in six games now they get Tampa. I mean, they've pulled it off three times already, being the underdogs. Could they do it again? I doubt it, because Tampa Bay is just that good. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep. Not at all, because that's just how good Tampa is. And if I was to look at it, if I was to look at the matchups together right now, I mean, it's just hard not to take Tampa. 
it's hard not to take Tampa, and it, it yeah, sucks. I mean, it really sucks. Just looking from a betting standpoint and looking at the odds right now, the Canadians are plus 165, and the, and the uh, Lightning are minus 200. So wow. if you don't know, that's a pretty big line for a championship series. I thought it would be a little bigger. Um, actually, that's, that's only for game one. I don't know what the series lines are, but for game one, the goal um, differential is plus two in, in favor of the Lightning. So they really – Vegas really seems like they want to take the Lightning – uh, just because obviously they're that good. Yeah, I'm looking at the odds too because that's something I wanted to do. Um, who's going to win the? For who's going to win the cup? Um, series. Yeah, Lightning are minus two eighty. Um, actually, uh, I have no idea. I mean, in any case, uh, I'm not surprised that Tampa's the favorite. Uh, 280, which what I saw, I feel like that should be a little higher. But it it just, as a Bruin fan, this is a tough series to watch, real tough series to watch because Montreal's on such a great run. I'm not surprised. Or I'm happy that they made it because it's just an incredible run that drawn and then Tampa making it. I mean, they won the Cup last year. They won the Cup last year, and now they're going back to it. I mean, I don't want to see that happen, see them go back-to-back. Plus, with Montreal in the Cup final, if they're to win the cup before the Bruins do, because a couple of years ago, Montreal sucked. Like, three years ago, Montreal was not a good team for a couple of years before that. And for them to now possibly win a cup before the Bruins do, which was 10 years ago, I mean, that's just, that's a bad look for the Bruins to see that happen. So Yeah, it's just going to be, overall, tough series to watch as a Bruins fan. Let's just hope for good hockey. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's all. That's just what I'm hoping for. Is yeah, it's a long fought, hard fought theories. Um, I don't want it to be a sweep, but I'm wouldn't be surprised if it is. So, there's that. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, one more thing to talk about before we get to stuff on the internet, and that is the College World Series. So, uh, there's a big controversy going on over there in Omaha, uh, NC State. Uh, they had a player test positive um, before one of their games on, I think it was Friday, one of their players tested positive, so the game was delayed an hour. A bunch of players missed the game because of contact tracing and everything. Uh, Vanderbilt won that game. Then, 2 in the morning, uh, Saturday morning, uh, NCAA ruled that uh, their second game was going to be a good no contest, meaning that NC State was eliminated uh, and Vanderbilt was moving on, and a bunch of people were upset about that because they thought it was cheating and everything. Um, I'm on both sides of the fence on this. I saw it wasn't really fair that NC State got kicked out because two players tested positive. I mean, it's simple. It's pretty easy to, I don't know, look for some walk-ons to quickly make a trip out to Omaha from North Carolina. But, I mean, that really wasn't going to be possible. And... I mean, I'm also, it's also like a smart decision because you don't want any possible players on NC State to spread it to anyone else, even though Vanderbilt, the entire team on Vanderbilt is vaccinated. Everyone on Vanderbilt, on the Vanderbilt team is vaccinated. NC State, the two players that tested positive weren't vaccinated, and everyone else was. 
and I guess they still returned positive, so I don't know how that worked out. But um, as a Van- as a Vanderbilt baseball fan, which I am, um, people saying that Vanderbilt is cheating, they had no say in NC State getting kicked out. They wanted to play them. Former players are saying that this team wanted this team is disappointed that they didn't get to the final uh, like they should have. Um, but for fans to be saying that if Vanderbilt's to win the World Series, uh, there should be an asterisk next to it. Uh, that's not really fair. So uh, I think an asterisk is pretty fair because NC State was on a great run. I mean, I, I forget who they beat, but I know they were making runs. Um, yeah. And they gave Vanderbilt a good game. And then the first game they played, obviously, they couldn't play the second game due to the no contest. But I think it would have been a good fight, and really it would have been up to whatever happened in the game. So I think an asterisk is fair if Vanderbilt were to win. But as a just as a baseball fan, I feel like you have to be rooting for Mississippi State against Vanderbilt in the finals. I mean, I, I'm not going to be – I'm not – I'm going to be rooting for Vanderbilt because I like Vanderbilt. Uh, right. Kid from my hometown played on the team a couple of years ago. Um, in fact, he was on their championship team in 2019. Uh, so Vanderbilt's looking to go back to back titles. Um, nah, they, they, because it was out of their control. It, it's not their fault. No, yeah, it, it's not I their fault. I understand that. I'm not. I'm not one. I'm not. I'm not calling them cheaters in any way. Obviously, this is completely out of their control. They had no input on the decision being made. Um, but I think that NCAA is at fault, and I, I, I feel you have to feel for NC State. Yeah. That's just the I am. thing. You have to feel for them because nobody knows what would have happened. Maybe they could have won it all. Um, but it's just, it just sucks because they really never got the chance. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Just give them – everybody says just give them a chance and, and they'll do what they will with it. But they never got that chance, so that sucks. But – Outside of Vanderbilt fans, I feel like the entire country is rooting for Mississippi State just because those NC State fans never got the chance. Yeah, no, and I can understand that. I can. I can understand that. Um, and, I mean, another issue that I have with it is the fact that they have packed stadiums, oh, fans shoulder-to-shoulder, yeah. shoulder, drinking beers together, spitting on each other, like when yelling. Um and yet, if two players tested positive, it's not fair to the team that they that fans can be out there in full attendance, so the NCAA can NCAA can reap in all that money from the ticket selling and merchandise and food and whatever. Um, and then, if a team tests positive, they can't play because they have some guys testing positive, so they get kicked out. I can understand that, and that's not really fair, also. So, yeah, but going, going, go Vanderbilt, go Vandy boys, gonna go back to back. Um, all right, uh, that's it for today. That's all we got. Uh, we got stuff on the internet. So yeah, stuff on the internet. Josh, what do you got? All right, uh, I don't have a location for this at all. Um, just a video I saw on Twitter. There was a guy just watching sports, eating wings in a bar, and then he gets held at gunpoint. He calmly gives the guy his wallet while continuing to eat his wings. I mean, I've, I've never seen 
such a display of bravery and I guess you could say hunger in, in one sitting. He literally has a gun to his head and he continues to eat his wing while he just gives the guy his wallet. He, re- he doesn't even look at the gun. He keeps looking at the TV, puts a wing in his mouth, hands over his wallet. That simple. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, but I got that vi- image of, in my head of the guy just sitting at the bar, eating wings, looking at the TV with the gun pointing to his head, and he just takes the bullet out of his pocket and gives it to the guy. I got that image clearly in my head, and I have no idea what you're talking about. So, that's cool. That's cool. That's funny. Um, you don't know. You don't know where that was. No, there's no. I, uh, I feel like that's it's a article, and I saw. I just saw it on Twitter. So. I don't know. Do they eat chicken wings over in Europe? Because I feel like that's something people in Europe would do. I don't know. I probably feel, I feel like no. 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 That's why America's superior. <laughs> we got chicken wings. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, in any case, uh, that's funny. Uh, my story, though, it does take us over to uh, Great Britain. A uh, 23-year-old British man broke the world record for most M&Ms stacked on each other. The record was four, and the guy stacked five on each really? other. Really? Um, because it's not a flat surface. No, it's round. Uh, he says uh, he was in lockdown last year. Um, he's usually a chocolate bar guy, but this time he wanted to have it, eat a bag of M&M's. Um, and he just started going about it, trying to set it up, trying to get as many and many on top of of each other as possible. Um, he was doing two at a time. He could only get up to two, and then it would fall apart. Uh, then he got up to four multiple times before he hit five. Um, once he hit five, uh, I think he took a picture of it and sent it over to Guinness World Records, and they officially set it. Um, and now he wants to set the world record for most Smarties stacked on top of each other. And uh, that record is 64. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like Smarties are, is a lot easier. Yeah, that's something that... Because they come out easy. with a stack. If you could just like put them, hold them together, then you could just stack those on, on yeah, each other. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're flat. They're flat, unlike yeah. M&M, which is yeah, they're, they're all around. Nice so, yeah, that's, one, that's my story. Uh, world record for M&M stacked on each other is five. Um. I don't know. I feel like I want to try to. I want to do that. I want to see how many I can get. It's probably not going to be much, but I'm sure it can be like accomplished. And I want to know. I want to know if this guy's MMs were they like perfectly round, or that perfectly yeah. round ones, or like sometimes when you get them, like there's usually the broken apart. There's a lot ones. that goes into it. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely a lot that goes into it. Yeah. So, good for him. Now go get that other record. All right. Uh, that's gonna do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll definitely get into college football next week. I know I mentioned it last episode. We we're going to do it today, but we didn't. didn't have my, uh, we're supposed to have a guest. He's going to be on next week. Then we'll talk about it. Uh, probably the NBA Finals, if it's set by then. I think it will be. Um, Bucks lead their series 2-1. to one. Suns are up 3-1 to one in the West. Um, and whatever else is going on in the sports world. So that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. Josh, one to run back on Monday. Sounds like a plan. All right, tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mother's friends, and your friends' mothers, and we'll see you guys next week.